launch into this Brick by Brick uh, series, one of the things I am so excited about is getting really practical. I, 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 we want to put things in your hands. We don't just want to talk about things on Sunday. We don't want to have good moments here. We don't want to have good messages. We want to equip each other to live this thing out. And on that note, um, we're going to be talk, uh, talking about a lot of different values and disciplines over the next uh, couple months. And what we've done is we've put together a resource, resource page on our website. I think we have a slide. If you go to AntiochSLC.com, after each Sunday, whatever value or discipline that we talked about, we'll, be, uh, we'll have some resources for you up on that page uh, so you guys can, can, can utilize in your walks. And then also would encourage you uh, to check out our Instagram uh, at AntiochSLC. Uh, every week following the message, we'll be posting some resources uh, on there to help uh, all of us build these values into our walks with Jesus. So, you guys good for that? All right. Well, here we go. You know, uh, last week I talked out of the book of Nehemiah, and I talked about the vision for 2020 we have as a church, this idea of brick by brick, that God is calling us as a church to put our hands to something to build into personal relationship with Jesus. It's a, it's a call to build into each of our uh, walks with Jesus. Now, I'm going to do something that I haven't done before, but I think will be really helpful for us. I've created kind of a mission statement that we're going to say at the beginning every, of every message during this series to kind of refocus and recenter the goal. What are we going after uh, this series? Here it is. I think we have it on a slide. Focusing on values and disciplines that each of us can build into our lives brick by brick that build personal, community, and city revival. I'm going to read it again. Maybe read it with me. Focusing on values and disciplines that each of us can build into our lives brick by brick that build personal, community, and city revival. If you need vision for where we're going tonight... We're talking about what are things that we can put our hands to to see revival. Now, revival is a big word. It's, I don't know if, you, if you're around the church for any length of time. When I say the word revival, you might get a lot of different images popping into your head. You might, you might see in your head like the, this idea of like a big tent revival. Where, where maybe God just started pouring His Spirit out. God's doing something in a specific location, and people just flock. And the next thing you know, there's tents everywhere and that, thousands of people. And you think, well, that's revival. Well, I started digging in on what's revival. If, if what we're going after tonight, what we're going after this series is what it looks like to build uh, habits that lead to personal revival, what is Revival. Because we don't have to wait for the next tent revival. We don't have to wait for the next conference or the next big moment. Revival is, is literally you and I personally, our spirit being revived by the person of Jesus in the presence of God. It's you and I being revived and we don't have to wait for the next big thing. We're going to talk about that tonight. We have access to revival. You have access to revival tonight. You have access to revival in the morning. We have access to this idea of rev being revived by the person of Jesus, having our mind and our spirit reoriented to falling more in love with him. Why is this important that we talk about personal revival? The reality is, I think for a lot of us, 
We, we're, we, we're missing this. Maybe we had it at one time. Maybe we've never had it. Wherever you are in the room, wherever you are in your journey, maybe you're like, yeah, I used to just have this like intimate, amazing, just being in love with Jesus. Just, it, it was like I could, yes, I want to give my whole life to Jesus. I'm all in. But now it kind of feels like he's more of a distant friend. And, and I don't really know what I would do if I saw him. I don't know if I would recognize him. It just feels like it was so long ago. And there's some people in the room that are like, if I'm honest, I've never felt that. Like, I got my head around the gospel. I got my head around the cross, and, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I, I submitted and surrendered to him as Lord. But if I'm honest, I've never had this, like, in love with him. I've never had this, like, feeling revived from my inner man, from my spirit. I, I, I've just never experienced that. Wherever you are tonight, my prayer is, is that tonight is the night. Maybe that's a bold prayer, but that's it. Why wouldn't I pray that? Maybe tonight's the night that, 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 that you're revived and you have this, this intimacy and this encounter with the person of Jesus and your spirit and your mind is renewed and revived and you feel intimacy with Him like you did before. Or maybe tonight's the night, the first time ever. You see, so many of us, like, if we don't have this, if we don't have this intimacy with Jesus, if we don't have this revival type intimacy with Jesus, then, then following Jesus can become really boring really quick. And religion enters the picture really quick. When we don't have this thriving walk with God that is changing us from the inside out, reorienting how we think, and how we act, and what we do with our lives, and, who, and, and, and how we handle our finances, and our futures, and our careers, and our dreams, and our kids. This all-encompassing, Jesus is worth it. He's worth my whole life. If we don't have that, we're left to just try to act the part. Uh, just hope that we're good enough. That's not, that's not heart, God's heart for you. I don't know if you needed to hear that. If you're in the room tonight, and you're kind of exhausted because you feel like you don't know how much longer you can go just trying to be good enough. Just trying to, to, to act the part. I don't blame you for being exhausted. Because it's not what God has for you. Personal revival, here's how I want to define it for us. When we experience personal revival, it changes. It, it moves the needle for us. Following Jesus, walking with Jesus moves from this religious, hoping I'm doing enough, trying to act like I'm doing enough, to this, I'm going to use this like maybe for some of you awkward phrase, but I think it's what God said. We move from this religious experience of trying to be good to a love affair with the person of Jesus. And there are some of you that are like, when, you, when I say that, you like cringe a little. And you're like, oh, I don't know about that. I think he's it's what, what he has for you. And I think a love affair with Jesus is what we need to make it for the long haul. To not just play church, to not just play at this thing, but to have our lives changed. We need a love affair with Jesus. And how crazy is it that by the grace of God, we can, I can stand here tonight and tell you with all confidence that God's desire is to be known by you and to know you. His desire is to have intimacy with you. His desire is to revive you. We talk about intimacy with Jesus like, it's a, like, like we deserve it. We don't. Like he didn't need to give us intimacy with him. He's so good. He's so big. We're talking about the king of kings. We're talking about the God that spoke you and I into existence. 
That's enough. He doesn't owe us anything, but in the grace of God, he says, not only do I want to save you, but not only do I want to redeem you from the cross, but I want to know you. I want you to know me. We've been invited to stop playing at this thing and actually do it and actually know God. And there are people in the room that are like, I don't know if I can. You can. I don't know if I'm good enough. You're not. You can. I'm not smart enough. Neither am I. I can. I can know Jesus. I can have intimacy with him. All right, it's time to preach. (laughs) Wherever you are in your walk, wherever you are, wherever you feel far out, you feel like you're on top of the world, you feel like you've never encountered this revival, this intimacy, you feel like you've been living in that intimacy for decades, wherever you are, there is something for each and every one of us to put our hands to and pursue the person of Jesus. All right. So over the next few months, we've kind of, I need you to be on the same page with me. I'm just going to be really transparent here. The Brick by Brick series, it goes to May. I just had to come clean. But I, I want you to stay with me. See, what we've done is we've kind of uh, uh, broken this thing down, and we're going to spend some time talking about what are the habits, what are the bricks that you and I can put our hands to for personal revival. Then what does it look like for you and I to be a part of community revival? What's the value and the discipline that sees a community revived? What does that even mean? What does that look like? And after that, we're like, when, when people are being revived, when a community is being revived, what does it look like for a city to be revived? What does it look like for us to impact our city? Because I don't want to just play at this thing. We're here to make an impact in Salt Lake City. And, and I don't know if you know this, but we're, we're a church planning church. We want to we impact the nations. From what goes on in this room, I want the nations. It's not what I want. It's what I feel obediently called to from the Word of God. That if you and I would be revived, and if our church would start to walk in this revival, that we could see Salt Lake City transformed, and we could send people all over the world and see cities around the world transformed. So that's what we're going to be doing for the next couple months. So where do you start? Revival. Personal intimacy. Like, what's the first thing that you and I, what's the most foundational value, discipline that you and I can put our hands to to just start this journey of walking with Jesus to see ourselves revived? I know this is going to shock some people in the room. Relationship. Relationship with Jesus. That's it. That's the first brick. Some of you are like, whoa, that's a letdown. Stay with me. We'll see. Nothing I ever say or nothing that ever gets said from this stage will matter at all if we miss this. If you and I miss relationship, we miss it all. I could get up here, I could give the most mind-blowing, never-before-heard, blows-the-theologians-away message on prayer, on mercy, on grace, on faith, on courage, on the Holy Spirit, on whatever you want to fill in, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
if we miss this. Relationship with Jesus. We're so quick in the church to like, yeah, yeah, okay, you're in the, you're in the seat. Now let's get you doing all these things. You're in the seat. Let's teach you how to, let's teach you how to worship. Let's teach you how to do this. And those are, those are good things. But if we miss that your number one thing forever and ever and ever and ever is just you and Jesus, then we miss it all. We miss it all if we miss Jesus. I want to talk about the invitation to relationship tonight. I want to talk about the invitation that Scripture gives. In case you're wondering, is this scriptural? Is he ever going to talk about the Bible? All throughout Scripture, we see invitations to know, uh, to know God and be known by God. It is the arc of the story. The Bible is about God. I don't know if you knew that. It's not about you. It's not your story. It's the story of God, the creator, the king of kings. And it's his story of how good he is, how big he is, how holy he is, that he would reach down into your brokenness, into my messed up world, and redeem me, not for some punch a ticket to some place called heaven, but for relationship. To restore relationship. It's at the core of everything. It's at the core of the gospel. So I feel like in a way I could just pull up a Bible and just open it and read a scripture and say, it's a, this is inviting you to relationship. I might not be able to tell you how right now, but it is. Because it's the story of scripture. But let's look at a few. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the, and the door will be opened to you. Hebrews 4.16, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. John uh, 7.37-38, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow within them. Philippians 3, 7, 8, Paul writes, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. You didn't see Zephaniah three seventeen coming today. The Lord your God is with you, your mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. John 5, 39, you study the scripture diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. But these are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me and have life. John 6, 35, then Jesus declared, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. John 15, 9, 11, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and I remain in his love. I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 
Psalm 16 says, in his presence is the fullness of joy. We could go on and on and on. This is the story of a God that wants you to know him. He wants you to ask. He wants you to seek. He wants you to come. If you're hungry, you're thirsty, you're worn out, you're tired, you're frustrated, you're hurt, you're confused, you're ambivalent, and you don't know why. We serve a God who wants us to come and know him. The best way to build relationships with anyone is through time. When I was 16, I was, well, I was 16, and, um, and I liked girls, and I wanted them to like me. And I didn't have a great strategy for how that was going to work. Um, I knew that I wasn't the prettiest or the fastest or the strongest. But I figured if I could just spend a whole lot of time with them, they'd eventually like me. That was my strategy. I'd let all the other guys, you know, go win the awards and play the sports and everything, but I'm just going to hang out with them. You go do your thing, I'm going to hang out with them, and they're going to eventually like me. That, that was my strategy. And then a guy that was mentoring me found out about this strategy. And I remember he sat me down, and he said, you don't want to hear this right now, but someday when you're older, you'll understand. Time equals relationship. And that was it. I looked at him, he looked at me. Time equals relationship. This is a whole different message, like completely, but I'll just say, that's why, like, I, I, as I processed it out with him, here I was thinking it was perfectly fine for me to just spend every, every available moment of my time, I was going to go hang out with a couple girls. And I thought it was totally normal and totally healthy and nothing was fine. And he said, you're building a relationship. You might not think you are, but you are. And it's unfair to them. Are you going to pursue them? No, then stop hanging out with them every waking moment of your life. Maybe that was for someone in the room. <laughs> that was for me when I was 16. It turned out he was right. I didn't realize it, but I was just toying with these girls' hearts, and they were confused on, why is Cody always here? Why is he texting me? Why is it Friday night? And, like, everyone else is hanging out, and he's like, want to go hang out like us? And I'm over here like, my strategy will work one day. One of them will like me, and it will work out. Time equals relationship. Who are you spending your time with? Your deepest relationships in your life. You've spent a lot of time with them. You want to pursue your wife better? Spend more time with her. You want to be a better parent? Spend time with your kids. So It's just like this really... People are like, wow, like people are writing that down. I'm so thankful. Like it's, it's just time equals relationship. But we can sit here and go, oh, that makes so much sense. If, I wanna, if I've lost contact with a friend and I want to build relationship back, I should spend time with them. If I, uh, I need to spend some more time with my kids. So we, but then we like, it comes to God and we're like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What should I, can I have a meeting in your office? I, just don't, I feel so far from God. Well, have you spent time with them? What does that mean? The value we're talking about tonight is relationship with Jesus. The discipline is spending time with them. And I'm just going to give you a little, no, I'm not actually going to give you a, a little sneak peek into what we're about to do. I'm just going to keep going. 
Spending time with Jesus. Now, people who hear, like, if you've never heard that phrase, you're like, what? What does this church believe? I'm gonna go, you're going to go spend time with Jesus? That's weird. If I got up here and said, tonight we're going to talk about devotional life, everyone would be like, ah, oh, that's a church. That's a church for you. Way to go, guys. Be devoted. If I even said, hey, we believe in spending time with God, you'd be like, yeah, that sounds good. Sounds holy. The moment I say spend time with Jesus, people are like, this is weird. I'm out. I'm out. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why, but we've been invited to spend time, to get to know, to be known by the King of Kings. And I think it's high time we like, take a serious look at are we picking up this brick and doing it. It's the most foundational thing for you and I. Can I tell you? So people, like I, I started, I became a pastor, and I love it. I love my job, but people have a lot of questions for me. And I, I'm not mad about it. It makes sense. It's like, should I date them? Should I marry him? Should I do that? Should I move there? Should I do? Hey, can I say, I have one question for you all. Have you spent time with Jesus? What does he say? I don't have your answer for you. And I don't want to be the place where you come for your answers. We each have been invited. The pastor hasn't been invited to spend time with Jesus. You've been invited. We've all been invited. doesn't matter what you did yesterday. doesn't matter what, how far, gross, dirty, lame, whatever you feel. You've been invited to spend time and have a personal relationship with the Lord of Lords, with Jesus himself. So let's talk about what it looks like. First, spending time with Jesus takes discipline you got to actually, like, try to do it. And I'm not going to get honest. I do not have, I literally do not have time for my soapbox moment here. But here's what I want to say. It takes intentionality for you and I to do things that we want to grow and do the things we want to do. If I want to pursue my wife, I don't, it doesn't happen accidentally. I got to figure out how am I doing it in this season? We've got two kids and we've got these jobs. We've got, how am I pursuing her? And is it working like it did last year? Because maybe she needs to be pursued in a different way. And how am I raising my kids? It takes intentionality. It's not religious to be intentional. It's not religious to be disciplined. I just don't know who needs to hear it, but I'm so, like, we throw out this, like, oh, we don't want to be religious. Ah, religion, religion. And I get it, but I think we need to understand what we're saying. When Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, you're a whitewashed tomb, that's, that's religion. You're a whitewashed tomb, man. You look so good. You've gotten all the things down on what to say and how to say it, but you are dead on the inside. You don't have the life of Jesus in you. Stop pretending that you do. Just be real. Being religious is just faking what's not happening on the inside. It's not religious to say, I'm going to be disciplined in my pursuit of the person of Jesus. And if we just throw out discipline and say, you know what, don't tell me I can't, don't tell me I need to spend time with Jesus. Don't challenge the way I do my, hey, I just want to float around here with Jesus. And man, anything that smells like structure is religion. It's cutting ourselves off at the knees. Like we want, like I want more of Jesus, but I can't be structured because for some reason that's like the worst thing that could happen to me in my life. Okay. It takes discipline, and it takes intentionality to pursue the heart of God, and it's not religious. 
Okay, second, the point of spending time, I'm going to, I have to race, like, race through this. Uh, the point of spending time with Jesus is to spend time with Jesus. It's to connect with him on a deep level. It is not to get through a reading plan or to reach a certain amount of time. Okay, this is not, I'm not talking about studying scripture. I'm not talking about getting intellectually smart about who Jesus is. This is about connecting with the heart of, heart of God. Third, and maybe the most important thing, the goal of spending time with Jesus is not to be more religious like we just talked about, but to be more in love. When I talk about the discipline of spending time with Jesus, it is pursuing this love affair with Jesus. So some of you are like, okay, this sounds cool, and, um, and I get it, but what does this even mean? Well, we're going to do it together. Right now, we're all going to spend time with Jesus. So if my ushers want to come forward, we've got, I, I've uh, put together a little worksheet that we're going to pass out, worksheet and pens. And as that's going around, I, I just want to say, uh, we're, I'm about to just walk us through a few minutes of what it could look like for you to spend time with Jesus. This is not the formula. Did you hear me? This is not the formula. This is, some, this is what I would do. If I had 10 minutes, here's something I'm going to do to pursue the heart of Jesus. But don't leave here and be like, whoa, like Antioch just gave me a four-step program. If I don't do it, I guess I'm out. And I guess I'm not... I, this is, I'm not here to tell you if you don't do it for an hour, you're missing it. I'm not here to tell you if you don't do it in this, these steps, you're missing it. I'm here to tell you, just do it. I don't know when you're going to do it. Just do it. I'm not telling you how long to do it. Do it. That's why I almost named the series, Just Do It. I don't want to just talk about this stuff. This, like, just do it. Whatever works for you. Here we go. Ushers. Let's figure this thing out. Nothing like passing pens and papers out to 300 people. Actually, can I get one too? <laughs> Thank you, sir. Okay. All right. Welcome to church. We spend time with God together. Notice that I interchange. Spend time with God, spend time with Jesus. You just say what you say. He is God, so I'm not concerned about it. Semantics. All right, I'm going to wait till I feel like the majority of us are. All right. Hey, so for some of you, you're like, man, I just came... I came to church tonight because I was just trying to get around a girl, just like that 16. I get it. If you're like freaked out right now, don't run. Just you can spend the next 10 minutes. You can write a short story or a poem. Don't feel pressure to do anything. You be you. Okay, here's what we're going to do. So, uh, again, I am walking you through. If I woke up tomorrow morning... And I was like, man, I got, I got 10 minutes before I got to start my day, before I got to go, whatever. Here's just an example of something you could do in 10 minutes to just pursue intimacy with Jesus, to pursue revival, to pursue falling more in love with him. We're going to start with worship. Worship does something that nothing else can. 
It literally does something that nothing else can. There are so many scriptures about our, our need to, to worship God for who he is. But tonight what I want to do is actually have a video. I like, so you're, I'm bringing you into my living room. I've got two little kids, and they're up in the morning very early. If I want to spend time with Jesus, they're spending time with Jesus with me. The problem with that is that if they're not stimulated in some way, I'm spending time with them and not spending time with Jesus. So I, I like to use uh, worship videos in the morning because the kids love it. The kids sit there and they're just they're locked in on the worship and and it allows me to get a little more freedom. We're gonna we're gonna put on a worship song that maybe some of you've never heard before. I would encourage you guys to check these people out. Maverick City Worship, they're incredible. It's what I'm listening to lately. This is a song called "You're Welcome in This Place." Guess what? I don't have lyrics for you and we don't have words on the screen. We can still worship. Okay? The song is about welcoming Jesus into the place. And guess what? The place isn't like a building or a room. Welcome him into your mind. Welcome him into your heart. Welcome him into your thoughts. And just, uh, you know, these next, uh, this next section here, this journaling section, as we worship, the goal that we're having right here in this 10-minute time with Jesus is to focus, to, to get rid of all the anxiety, all the stress of the day, all the other things, and just for a moment focus on Jesus. Whatever you need to do, you can journal while the worship's playing, you can pray, you can sing, whatever you need to do. But the goal is to try to just focus our heart and our mind on who Jesus is and welcome him into this moment. You with me? Let's play the video, and this is going to be really awkward. I'm just going to sit right here. I'm going to worship. And you guys can worship too and spend time with God, or you can just watch me. That's up to you. But let's play You're Welcome in This Place, Maverick City Worship. Hey, let's turn it down. You, you can keep it on in the background. For the sake of time, we're going to just kind of keep rolling here. So I encourage you to just worship the whole time you're spending time with Jesus. Just keep it going. Hey, the next little section here is journal. Uh, and, you know, some of you may not like journaling, and I get it. But this is a space where we carve out to, have, uh, to just get everything that's in here out. I don't want to spend my whole time with Jesus just thinking and dwelling on what I'm feeling, what I'm struggling with, what I'm anxious about, what happened yesterday. I want to get it out. I want to tell him. And the best way I feel like doing that is journaling. It's like a treasure chest of conversations between you and Jesus. So as we continue to worship here, I would encourage you to just start journaling. Whatever It might feel weird. No one else has to read this. You can crumple it up. You can set it on fire. Do whatever you need to do. But just start getting your heart out on the paper as we continue here. We're going to do that for like a minute or two as we keep rolling here. All right. Let's turn it down a little bit. I'm, I know some of you are looking at me like I'm like the cruelest man. I know. But we've got to keep rolling here. Um, the good thing is you can do this every day of your life. So we're good. Okay. Uh, hey, so the next part is we want to be people that are in the Word. The Word is our anchor. The Word is our base. The Word is our safe space. We're called to be people who worship in spirit and truth. Spend time with God. Worship. Get on your face. Write. Journal. Pray. Hear God's voice. All those things. But we are anchored in the Word. I don't want to go floating out thinking I'm I'm hearing God. If I want to know if I'm hearing God correctly, if I'm getting the direction and leadership of heaven, it's the Word of God. It's our safe space. We have to be anchored in it. So I chose uh, just a few verses here from a famous passage, Psalm 23. 
The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We're going to do this together. Uh, I'm going to do it on the mic. We're going to meditate on this, on this passage. There's a question I ask as we read that scripture. Again, I'm not interested in getting more information. I'm not interested in the background of Psalm 23. When was it written? What year? I'm interested in the heart of God. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to meditate on the Scripture, and we're going to ask the question, God, what are you speaking through this, and what does this mean? If this is true, what does it mean for my life and my relationship with you? So put some music on in the background. I'm going to talk on the mic. We're going to do this together. So I'm going to kind of lead you through a guided prayer here with some music on in the background. But let's just meditate for a minute or two on Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus, before I go any further, you're my shepherd. What does that mean? Oh, Lord, what does it mean that you're my shepherd? And I'm just, this is a conversation. So I'm just, I'm asking the question, what does it mean? And I'm just, you can write down whatever you feel like you're, you're hearing. If you're like, man, what does it mean that he's my shepherd? And if a thought pops in, write it down. What does it mean, Jesus, that you're my shepherd, that you're my protector, that you're my provider? What does it mean that you are leading me? Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not leading myself. I don't have to have the pressure to have all the answers. Thank you that you are my provider and I'm not. I can trust you. You know what I need, Jesus. You're my shepherd. You know what I need. You know what my heart needs, In this moment, you are my shepherd. I lack nothing. All the things I think I lack, I lack nothing if I have you. Oh, Jesus, thank you that I lack nothing. Today, I lack nothing. Tonight, I lack nothing. I have Jesus. I have you. All the things I think I'm lacking, Jesus, would you just speak to my heart how you are bigger than all of those things? Thank you, Jesus, that I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Lord, what does that mean? You make me. I don't like that. I don't like being made to do something. Jesus, what do you mean? You make me lie down in green pastures. Oh, you're my shepherd. You know what I need. You're so concerned with my well-being. You're so concerned with me lying in green pastures and not brown ones that you force me to lie down. You're so committed to my good that you will not let me settle for anything less. Jesus, don't let me settle for anything less than you. Jesus, don't let me settle for anything today, tonight, as I leave church tonight. Don't let me settle for any brown pastures. Make me lie down in green pastures. Thank you that you are so committed to my heart. Jesus, thank you that you lead me beside quiet waters. Why do you, why quiet waters? Why you lead me? What does that mean for me and you, Jesus? Ah, thank you, Lord. Thank you that you lead us, you lead me to quiet waters, to calm waters, because I can take a drink from calm waters. I can't take a drink from rapids. Jesus, thank you that you know what's best. You know what I need. 
You're so worthy. Jesus, you're good. You're my shepherd. I don't lack anything. Help me to just follow you tonight. Follow you tonight. Wherever you're going, I'm going. You're leading. I'm following. I don't have to be my own provider. I don't have to be my own anything. I'm just following you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right, we're going we're gonna to say amen there. Amen? Amen. Just meditating on Scripture. Letting the truth of God's Word impact you. Letting God speak to you through His Word. You wonder if God speaks to you. He does. A couple thousand pages right here. I don't know, a couple thousand, but definitely over a thousand. All right. As we wrap up here, next element is prayer. I want to take a moment to pray. I'm going to take a moment. Um, Again, you guys are just going to join me. You're like in my living room here. I'm praying. You guys pray with me, pray for me, or just do it your own words, your own voice. But I'm going to pray what I just meditated on as I'm getting ready to go throughout the rest of my day. I'm going to pray that God uh, walks with me from, from His Word. Jesus, thank You for who You are. Thank You that You're my shepherd. Today I ask that You would lead me, that I would have the strength and, uh, to submit my will to You to follow. I submit my leadership of my life to You. I say, You're the good shepherd. I'm done trying to be my own shepherd. Lord, You are my shepherd. I just want to go with You where You are tonight. I, I just want to follow with You. Thank You that I lack nothing. Jesus, would You come and, and, and be all things to me. You know the things that I don't even know I need tonight. Would you come meet those needs? Would I be so reliant on you as the one who meets my needs? I trust you and I lean into you, Jesus. I pray for my family. I pray for Kate right now who's in Texas. I say, would you be her shepherd tonight and tomorrow? Would you walk with her? Would she have an intimacy with you? Would you be led by you? Thank you that Kate lacks nothing. Would you stomp out every lie of the enemy trying to tell her she lacks? She doesn't lack a thing. She has you. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lead her? I'm going to stop there for right now. And you can pray all you want. I'm going to stop right there just because I'm needing to wrap up. And the last thing we're going to do here, spend time with God, it's a conversation. We're going to pause and just listen. I encourage you to take out your pen, have a little space on your paper before you put your, close your Bible, before you go on from this space. We're just going to ask God to speak. Do you have anything for us? Would you speak anything to our heart or to our heart's uh, uh, attention? Would, would we need to focus on anything? So, Jesus, we just, I just quiet my heart and I listen. Thank you that you're welcome in this place, that you come where you're welcome. Thank you that you have everything I need. Thank you that you're my shepherd. Thank you that I lack nothing. God, I thank you for this life. I thank you for what you've given me. I thank you for everything I have in life because it's from you. Now, God, before I go out from this place, I want to walk with you today. I don't want to live for you. I want to live with you. What would you have for me today? Do you have anything that you would speak to my heart? I'm just going to be quiet and listen. God, thank you that you speak. I love you and I need you. Be with me today. Amen. Amen? You spend time with God. All right. Hey, the band wants to come back up. This whole thing is about relationship. This whole thing we just did was so that you and I could pursue relationship and intimacy and and revival with Jesus. And we have that invitation because of the cross. The cross that says that you and I aren't good enough, that you and I could not make 
relationship happen with God on our own, and he steps in, and he says, this is how much I'm willing to pay so that you can have life, not just eternal life, but abundant life. This is how much I'm willing to pay and take your brokenness and your sin so that you can have relationship and intimacy. Let's not be a people who settle for church. Let's not be a people who settle for Sunday nights. We've been invited by the King of Kings to know him and be known, to have personal revival. And there's something for each one of us to put our hands to as we leave this place, to pursue intimacy, to pursue relationship. Why don't you go ahead and stand up all over the room. We're going to end just as we began by worshiping Jesus. My leaders want to come up. I don't know what your needs are, but I don't want you to leave this place without letting somebody pray with you, pray for you. This is a space for us to respond to what we feel like God's saying. If you feel like you need to come talk to somebody because you need intimacy, you need revival, you want that. Not, you don't want to settle for the whitewashed stuff. You don't want to settle for church. You want the real thing. Just come let somebody pray for you. If you didn't listen to a word I said because of what's going on in your life, come let somebody pray for you. If you want to know what it looks like to follow Jesus, to make him Lord and to have friendship, come let somebody pray for you. I'm going to pray. Before I do, I would encourage maybe uh, if uh, families in the room, we're quite a few minutes over time. If one of the, if there's a, a mom and a dad, if one of you don't, uh, aren't coming up here, maybe go grab your kiddos just to bless the kids' workers. The rest of us, let's just stay in a moment of worship. Jesus, you're worth everything. We love you. We need you. Come and move amongst your people. We want the real thing. We want intimacy. We want revival. We want to know you in a way that we just have never known you before. Come encounter your people, Jesus. Amen.